This is Sheltering in Petaluma, the podcast about how Petalumans are doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Andy Sewell. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Petaluma Arts Center. Be sure to listen to the end of the episode for more information about them and other arts programming they provide. For this episode, the theme is La Pandemia. According to the 2010 census, the Latino population in Petaluma is 21.5%. That percentage has grown over the last 10 years as the community continues to be an important part of Petaluma and Sonoma County. And since I don't speak Spanish, I asked fellow Petaluman Laron Helica Lechon to seek out stories about how Petaluman Latinos are doing during the pandemic. She met with three women, each with a compelling story about the impact on their daily lives. We feel it's important to hear those stories in their original language, but we recognize that not all listeners can understand spoken Spanish. So for this episode, you'll hear Laura Angelica's voice in English over the original Spanish spoken by each of the voices. A version of this episode with the original stories in Spanish and no English translation was released simultaneously in the podcast feed. You can also find both versions on the project website, shelteringinpetaluma.org. When the shelter-in-place order was issued in March, many in the Latino community who work in the agricultural, food production, manufacturing, and healthcare industries were designated as essential workers. Working from home was rarely an option. The biggest sacrifice was not having access to key institutions like school, church, and family. Our first voice is Nancy. She lives with her husband, their daughter, and shares her home with her brother and his family. Bueno, al principio fue bastante difícil. Fue algo, verdad, que, que creo que a todo mundo impactó. At the beginning, it was pretty difficult. It's something that I think impacted everybody. It's been really difficult. We've never lived through anything like this. Very hard situation dealing with this invisible enemy that we're fighting against that can take our lives. For the first few weeks, we didn't work. And I think what impacted us the most is my daughter, my young daughter and her schooling. She loves going to school. And in the past, I used to joke with her and tell her, oh, don't go to school today, but she really wants to go. But now, this change from from day to night where they can't go to school, they can't be with their friends, it's been really impactful. On the one hand, we have been able to spend more time with each other as a family. Because, you know, you know, in this country you have to work, work, work. And the time that you get to spend with your family is, is limited, very limited because of work. But during this time, we've been able to spend more time with family. But, you know, we had to go back to work because, you know, there's work available and we have to pay the rent and we have to pay the bills and we have to eat. 
I think what's been most different and has affected us the most is before you you used to go out and you'd go out and about and now people you know people don't want you to get close to them you know they don't nobody gets close to each other it's taken a 180 degree it's it's exaggerated we're afraid to be near each other we don't want people near us we have our face covered um, watching for our, our safety Yeah, I think it's hardest for the children because as adults we can understand that um, what's happening, but kids kids can't. My daughter, you know, asked mom, mom, you know, why can't we go out? Why can't we go for a walk? Why can't we go to the park? And it's sad. It's sad. It's sad for them. At the beginning, it was really difficult. All of this was very difficult. It was something new, something we hadn't lived through before. You know, in the past, you, you know, were confident that you would drop your children off at school and, and they were taken care of. Now, you know, you, you would go to work and they're doing work from home and it's difficult to learn how to download all these new applications to help them do their work and with our limited technology understanding. You know, and then I'm working all day, we work all day and, and there's not enough hours in the day and sometimes we're working until very late at night. At the beginning, I used to have to take her to work with me, and she'd be in the car on her computer doing her schoolwork, and I had to you know, use my phone, internet, to get her connected on her, on her laptop. And it was so hard. She's taking Zoom calls um, in the car, and, and it was hard. You know, and then for me, you know, trying to be a mom and, and a teacher and trying to remember, you know, things that I learned a long time ago that, you know, I, I don't recall and it gives me a headache sometimes, you know, and my English is limited. My language is limited in English. And so I, I can't always help her. But, you know, I try, I try, and thankfully we have, uh, we have Google Translator, but still, it was still pretty hard. It was hard to help my daughter with all of this schoolwork, which is, you know, important because I need her to be able to, to finish school and, and go to the next grade. But sometimes I'm with her working until 10 o'clock at night doing homework. And it's been hard. It's been hard for me, and it's it's taken a lot. But again, it's harder for them. You know, they're they're not able to socialize with each other. The children aren't able to socialize with each other and spend time with their friends. And they've suffered during all this the most. She's just waiting to go to hear that she can go back to school again. It's a disadvantage for them, too, in that 
for them not to go to school. It's not the same for them to learn at home and try to figure things out at home than to be um, in class with their teachers who are better capacitated to teach them. And it's not the same as, as having us at home teaching them. You know, but first and foremost, it's, you know, we have to take care of our children. So if it comes to it and schools open up, we'll do our best. But it's hard because they're children. Children children are not going to want to socially distance themselves or, you know, stay safe. So it's going to be a difficult decision, you know, whether or not schools open up. That we have to help our children understand that that these things happen. This is this is what's happening to us now, and better times will come. And we just have to we have to have faith. We have to have faith in God more than anything. Faith is an important quality in the Latino community, but even that is being challenged during the pandemic, as our next voice, Mercedes, explains. She lives with her mother, and their usual routine included attending church weekly. The pandemic has impacted me quite a bit. For example, my mom and I used to always go to church every weekend, and then we go out to eat afterwards. But ever since the pandemic struck, We haven't been able to do that because we have to take care of ourselves. My mom is older, and I love her very much, and I want to make sure not to jeopardize her. And of course, I don't want to get sick either. I work too, and at work, I want us to all stay healthy too. I believe that if we take care of ourselves, we can keep those around us healthy also. At church, they have had the Santísimo, the Blessed Sacrament, outside at the church doors so that people could go and visit as often as they want. There's also church or mass over the internet online. Um, they do it every day, and we try to go as often as we can. They have church from 6 in the morning until late at night. So if you really want to go to church, you will make it happen. I feel it's brought me closer to God, to my faith, because we participate so much more now. The pandemic, I think, is going to have some long-term effects, too. I know that we weren't able to get together on Mother's Day or Father's Day. Maybe Christmas will come around and we still will not be able to see our family because we need to take care of ourselves. I know we love each other, but we just have to stay away from each other for now. We'll do drive-by sometimes and you know stand at the curb and chat and talk with our families. I know my brother got the COVID virus and my mom really wanted to go see him, but I told her that we couldn't do that because I couldn't expose her to that. So we would go to his house and we'd stay in the driveway and, and wave and chat from there. But it was really hard. He'd be in the doorway with his daughter, who's my niece, and she was waving at us because she'd want us to come inside. But we couldn't do that. And it's really sad because she's little, so she doesn't understand that. This disease is really, um, really sad and 
it's so hard to see how it debilitates you. My brother was in bed for 17 days and he could barely manage taking a few steps and he'd be out of breath. So it was hard. As he gained a little bit more strength, he'd go outside, but then it was hard to get him back inside because he didn't want to go back inside. He was traumatized from being bedridden for so long. It's hard. People are thinking that this has passed and that you can go out and go about your business now, but that's not true. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves and not expose others. It's better to just stay home. Our last voice, Alicia, has never stayed home. It has been difficult not to see her family during the shutdown, but she is adamant that following the rules is the only way to ensure the health of everyone. Mi nombre es Alicia, vivo en Petaluma. Trabajo en recursos humanos en una cremería. Y so my name is Alicia. I work in human resources. And my husband works at a bank. I've been living in Petaluma for five years. My day-to-day hasn't changed much during the pandemic. I still go to work every day, as does my husband. But... You can definitely sense that things are different. You can feel it. There's a tension um, between people, uh, between families. You want to be together, but at the same time, you don't want to expose yourself or be exposed or expose your, your family members. There's a tension um, at work, too. Even though we, we continue to go to work every day as an essential business, you feel a certain tension that it's an uncertainty that is definitely new. We're considered an essential business and being part of the Department of Human Resources is very important that we're there for our employees so that they feel safer, more at ease coming to work every day and so that they understand that we're all in this together with them, alongside them, so that they know that it's not just the frontline workers, but that they have our support. I think a positive, uh, good change, a positive change that I've seen come out of all of this has been that we've become more conscientious about about hygiene and cleanliness, which is definitely something I hope that will stay with us in the future. We should have always been this conscientious, but definitely it's a good thing now. I come from Mexico, and you know, I have my culture. It's it's hard to not be close to my family, not be able to hug each other, or you know, get together on the weekends um, for dinner. But we've gotten used to it. The first months was really hard because we didn't see anybody at all. But as the shelter-in-place orders have been lightened, um, we've been able to see, you know, a few more people. But we still restrict ourselves quite a bit. I feel like people are getting desperate to go outside um, as more places open up. I also feel a sense of wanting to support, you know, our local economy. But 
You know, as you hear about an increase in the COVID cases, we don't want to have to, you know, roll those easements back. I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I think we have to be strong and we have to support each other and we have to follow the rules. We have to follow the rules because if we don't follow the rules, we're not helping anybody. Thank you to all the Petalumans who contributed to this episode. Sheltering in Petaluma is produced by Audio Ephemera in collaboration with Petaluma Art Center. Their mission is to build community through art. Visit their website, PetalumaArtCenter.org, for information on upcoming events and exhibits. Special thanks to Jude Mooney, Jonathan Marlowe, Heather Mackin, Daniel Strobel, Michael Wolsey, and to all the Petalumans who have sent in their stories. A very special thank you to Laura Angelica for bringing these important stories to the podcast. Music in this episode by Blue Dot Sessions, and our credit music is by Petaluma musician Dave Sampson. To learn more about this project and to listen to all the episodes, visit shelteringinpetaluma.org. Thanks, Petaluma. Stay safe. Gracias, Petaluma. Manténganse seguros.